Dr. Jacqueline Green is a wife, mother, dentist, and co-pastor of Ford City Church. Jackie's upbringing and young adulthood gave her the confidence to be authentic, individualistic, and just being who God created her to be. She is an inspirational speaker and faith leader focused on helping women move forward in their lives. Jackie's highly regarded passion for ministry was birthed during her undergraduate tenure at Georgia Southern University, where she met her husband, gospel recording artist, Travis Green. Jackie is a firm believer in the power of prayer and is passionate about sharing the fundamental truths of faith, prayer, and authentic self for women everywhere. Teen and young adult ladies, please welcome Dr. Jackie Green. Hey, y'all. Hey. So, we just gonna break it. I'm family, I'm Jackie, and I want to uh, be your friend, it's cool. I'm, I'm real, real, so there is no false, there is no fake, I'm just going to, I'm really just going to share from my story, I believe that the best way to minister to any group of people is to minister through what you live through, is that correct? You know how some people will come and they'll tell you part of the story, they'll tell you all the high highs, and see that's what Christina did, she gave you all of the highlight reel of my life, but I want to be able to give you a how I became who I am because I wasn't always the free Jackie that um, Christina actually experienced when we were in college. I went through a time of not living so free and so I don't want to jump ahead of myself. I want to give my thank yous and I want us to pray and all of that but I wanted to say that in the beginning just for you all to recognize that this will be a time where we can just be open and honest and raw so that we can get down to some real stuff and actually gain principles that will help us walk out life better. Cool? Okay, so first I want to thank Christina so much for loving me. Thank you so much. It means everything. Um, I think it's one thing to make impact outside um, of your home and, you know, people from afar seeing you on social media, but to know that people that intimately know you, people that are friends of the family that have walked with you, if they admire and look at your life and see that it's an example and a testament to what it is that God is doing, it means so much more. And so it really is a privilege and an honor to come to Overcoming by Faith because this is a part of my becoming. Um, Pastor Temple, I call him Pops, and Mama Diane, and even Christina, her brother, they have been instrumental in who I am today. And I mean, I can remember even speaking at Fort City, which is my church, for the very first time. And Pops literally walking me step by step through my outline and making sure everything makes sense. And it is a journey to become who the Father wants you to be. And so I want that to be kind of the theme for today, that freedom is a journey. I don't want you to believe that I'm just going to say something you magically arrived. I won't say that freedom isn't available. It's not, it's not accessible. God, he purchased the freedom that we have. And so it's accessible. But gaining, gaining a full grip on that freedom and being able to consistently walk in it is truly, truly a journey. And with that in mind, I just wanted to tell all of these amazing people that overcome by faith, even to say to you all, thank you for believing in me. Thank you for being willing for me to come and share my heart and impart to you. So with that, I want us to stand. I want us to stand and hold hands. And I just want to pray over you and just kind of set this atmosphere for what the Father wants to do. How y'all feeling? Are y'all free? Are y'all feeling good? Or y'all a little tired? Are you sleepy? How you feel? Tell me. Say something. A little sleepy? Were y'all partying last night? What did y'all do? I saw Christina bus stopping and carrying on. So were y'all a part of that too? Was that a yes or no? Tell me why you sleepy. What time you had to get up? Six. Are y'all some praying saints? Y'all young to be praying at six. What, what did y'all do at six? 
excited about it. I, I feel this tug in some girls um, that are really going some places because they're going to believe in the you that God created and not hold on to that version of ourselves that we create because the world demands it of us. So with that said, let's just pray. God, we thank you. You are awesome. You're wonderful. In this moment, we put it all in your hands. You are um, the author of our life, Father. You're the author and the perfecter of our faith. In this moment, we just ask that you would come into this room, that you would speak to these ladies, that you would say what you desire for them to hear. God, I'm your instrument. I'm your tool. I ask that you would use my tongue as a pen of a ready writer, that you would say what only you desire to say, that you would open their hearts to receive what it is that you desire for them to hear. You're awesome. You're wonderful. You have been a God that has not just been Lord over my life, but you've become Abba. you become Daddy. you become one of my most intimate companions, Father. And so in this moment, I pray that you show forth that relationship, that you that you would inspire a young lady to believe that they can be who you said that they are, irrespective of the external pressures of the world. And with that said, God, we give you glory, we give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all can sit down. So what's the topic of this weekend? I didn't know you got to talk loud. I'm going to call on somebody. Free indeed. This free looks good on you. Is that like a mantra that y'all are saying around here? What does that mean to somebody? I would love to hear that. Can somebody come tell me what free looks good on you means to you? I, I believe in brave girls. Let me tell you something that I tell my ladies. I believe that you're a bold, anointed, destined to win. That means that you're a bad girl. And so I'll say that all the time. I believe that you're brave enough to move. And with that said, I want you to not be fearful. If you felt like that baby leaked in you and you want to get up, don't allow fear or because somebody else is not moving to stop you. Do it. See that? Look. This, this is what I'm talking about. Age. It was before I got to college 
I went through a time where when I was in Sandersville, not Sandersville, I was in Atlanta before going to my mom's hometown. I was this bold on fire, like I would have been the one that ran up here, gave my testimony, would have been willing to say whatever I felt that God had said about me or whatever he was saying in the moment because I believed that who God created was enough. I went from that stage of life to going to my mom's hometown where my grandmother, she's kind of like prominent in the area. And so it was like I was living under a microscope and I had to be perfect. Everything had to be perfect. I had to cross every T, dot every I. I'm sure there are many of you in this room that know those external pressures of living up to what people think you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to do it. And if you drop the ball, then life ends. Does anybody know that feeling? That's, that was my life from age, I, was, I moved there in first grade, so probably from all of my like grade school age up until the time I left for college, and what happened as a result of me taking my eyes off of wanting to please God, as she talked about it, living to obedience to him, and feeling like that I was enough, was I started to look at people and, well, if I do that, then they'll be proud. And if I say that, then everything will be okay. Or if I go after that job description, then, you know, they'll think I'm out here killing it. You know, then I will be what the world says success is. And as a result of living that way for some time, I put my fake contacts in. I had Hazel, girl, I was like out here killing it. You know, face beat, hair extensions in because my mom had done some crazy stuff. So, like, my mom is my best friend. Shout out to mama. She's amazing. She's cool. Mama didn't go to hair school, though. Mama, she missed the hair whole situation. And so, she ended up putting two chemicals in my hair. It took all the girl hair out. Like, how you gonna walk around with all your hair? You know, it just wasn't a cute situation. So, I lived a process of just being tormented with, even when my hair rebounded and got back healthy, I always saw brokenness. Maybe in your life it wasn't a situation of your hair, but maybe there was some type of trauma that happened to you when you were younger that opened this doorway for you to start to believe that you could no longer be the you that God created. Maybe it was the molestation that happened, that that family member touched you in a way that you didn't feel was right, but you blamed yourself for it. And so you live life with that shame and having your head held down, feeling as if you could no longer be who God said or Maybe it was your father leaving, which was another case for me. My father is Ghanaian, African, and he uh, he decided that he wanted to go back to his homeland and, and kill it in the pharmaceutical area. But I'm four years old, and so the idea of my mama loving me so much, my daddy being gone, and that boy, it created this, this boy. And I felt like I was rejected, and as a result of the rejection, I felt like if I put on perfectionism, then it'll hide it. And if I got good enough, then daddy would come back and be with me. But it created a doorway for me to start wanting to people please in every area. And that's all it takes. And I want you to recognize that you'll go from a place where you are so on fire for God and you'll know exactly what he said about you. You'll even believe it. But then the moment when life happens and life situations will come, you'll start to begin to doubt, well, am I still good enough because this happened to me? And I want you to recognize that through this process of fear, I mean, of freedom being a journey, that you are still good enough, and it might take you a while to get back to the you that God created, but it is worth the fight. It is worth the fight. You have permission to be and to do what the Father has created you to do. And I'm telling you, free looks good on you. It is reserved for the real you. You believe, you know, sometimes we'll say, well, like, I want freedom, and I want to go out, and I want to become this. And this girl up here, she seems so bold, and she seems so free, and I want to be like that. But the reality is, is 
Jackie Green never became Jackie Green until she was willing to accept the fact that she's a really passionate, fast talker, that, you know, she won't say every word properly, and she had to get over it. She had to get over the fact that her hair doesn't grow the same, at the same level as other people's grow, and you might have to cut your hair off to be, you know, wear your swag the way you want to wear it, but I was okay with finally embracing the things that God uniquely made to be who I am. Are you willing to embrace what the Father has said about you? It's so crucial, and the reason why I tell you it's crucial is because, you know, when I started looking at that mantra of free looks good on you, I just really couldn't get over that part about you. We sometimes add so many things to ourselves because we get to the place where we don't feel like we're no longer good enough. And we add the, you know, all A's, we add the perfectionism, we add the good relationship because, the, you know, he's a cool dude and he's a star of the football team. We add these things that we feel like will make us more valuable, not recognizing that all of the additions become necessities. And once they become necessities, they become further bondage. And the thing that we thought was going to free us actually ends up enslaving us more than we ever expected to. And we end up further down the wrong road rather than going toward being the you that God created. That's what happened to me in Sandersville. I lived a life where it was all about the superficial. I had the drop top and my fake hair blowing in the wind and everything looked good. Don't we know about how we put it on social media and everything looks good? But what about the girl that goes to bed at night and the only person that knows about those tears that you cried is you and that pillow that caught the tears? Or what about the thing that you delay on? Even like getting up to say something because you're not sure if you're going to say it the right way or I might not do it the right way. And the fear of not doing it right will paralyze you and not even let you go toward the thing that God has said. I just want you all to take it in and recognize that there is another way to live that will not bring out the best of you. I've lived that way for far too long. And so by the time I got to college to the time where Christina met me, I had gotten to the place where I had lived this counterfeit life. I had dumbed down who I was. I had left down my morals and my values because I wanted to please the guys that were around because I felt like this is what everybody else was doing. And if everybody else did it, then maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. Anybody feel like that? And so, as a result, you end up losing yourself. Yeah. I don't want us to live the life of counterfeit. What I want you to recognize, recognize is that the counterfeit version of you will always be less valuable because it's always an imitation of a real thing. And you're a real thing. You are something and somebody that the Father felt was worth dying for. You are like on his mind, he is mindful of you. He watches over your over his over your life. The Bible even talks about how he watches over his word to perform it. You are literally a word spoken by God. He, the Bible talks about how he, before he formed you, he knew you, he fashioned you, he made you exactly the way he wanted you. And as we go through those phases where we fight with, am I going to please people? Am I going to please God? We come to the place where we have to recognize that God could have made us any way he wanted to make us. I think that was one of the biggest lessons that I learned that freed me. I had lived so long trying to add all this stuff to myself and feeling like this thing would make me more beautiful, that thing would make me more beautiful. But when I recognized that if I let it all go, if I shed all of it, that that was the person that was dangerous to the devil. That that person that was stripped down there, that didn't have anything added, that wasn't trying to please the dude, that wasn't trying to please the friend group. Because the thing that I hated about Sandersville is as I was getting ready to approach college was if I looked 
God the way that I love you. And that for me was something that was hard to grapple with because God was everything to me up until Sandersville. But as I went through Sandersville, it was like I lost grip and I lost sight of the first thing or the main thing being the main thing. And I challenge you, if you're at that place today, if you're like, God, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how to get back to this real me. I pray that in this moment that you accept this as an invitation to go back to being you, the you that God created. To be willing to stand alone if it takes standing alone. To be willing to stand up for your morals and, 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 and keep your virginity. And literally stand and be who the Father's created you to be. Because reality is, is you'll walk into doors, into life situations where you'll look back on those decisions where you bent your morals and your values and you'll recognize what was it worth. Because it doesn't move you to war with the Father desires for you. He really, really desires for you to be the unique person that he's handcrafted and uniquely designed. And so I told you initially, as it pertains to the journey of um, free looks good on you, the first thing you have to recognize is it has to be about you embracing the real you. You have to be willing for God to take away, strip you of all that stuff that you add. We often, you know, we'll wear the hair extensions, we'll wear the contacts, we'll have to, you know, go on the extreme diet to get to a certain weight. All of it's fine as long as it's not needed. When it becomes a necessity, it becomes an idol. And when you have to have it, then it's replaced a God that sits up there. He doesn't have, he doesn't, he doesn't like to be wild about anything. We only serve one God. And I want you to know that. That you let go of anything that you feel like you have to have. If you feel like you have to have it or you have to do your hair that way or you have to talk that way or you have to be in those type of classes or you have to go to that type of school or you have to have that career for you to be who you are, you will need to know in this moment that you have embraced a falsehood because you don't need anything but to be recognized as a daughter in Christ. That your freedom that you're looking for will be found in embracing who he is and not anything that you add to yourself. And so I asked the question today, what are you holding on to that you have felt up until now made it be a necessity for you? What is the thing that God is saying, you give me over and I give you the freedom that you've been looking for? Is it for you a relationship? Or is it a friend group that you feel like without them that you're not cool or you're not bad enough? Would you all be willing to share with me some of those things? What are some things that are presently things that you face that are hard for you to say that without that, I wouldn't be who I am. I got any volunteers? Um, something that has 
uh, I felt like that has hindered me um, is where I where you may come from. Um, you always want to cherish where you come from, but never let where you come from depict where you're allowed to go. Um, there's no limits to anything that you can do, and don't never let your past, you know, determine your future. Uh, there may be people you tell where you're from, and they just feel like that you're not going to go to a certain height, to a certain level, or um, may not even make it at all. But you can do anything through Christ, so just make sure that wherever you come from, because I'm, I'm from a place where people depict as hood or ghetto, so they expect me to be hood, ghetto, and things like that. Um, I always embrace where I come from. It's humbled me and made me the person who I am, but I would never let that determine the height that I can get to. Somewhat working with that. I was from a, the town that I'm, I'm speaking of. It's a really small town in Georgia, very, very small. And it was as if the, you know, living the ride or die life and, you know, riding to this apartment complex was all there was to life. But what I recognized after I got out of that place is that life is so much bigger than that. And had I known that there were young ladies saving themselves, had I known that there was a life outside of that, you know, I would have lived differently. And I appreciate now the freedom that I learned as a result of being exposed to more. And I'm grateful that you recognize that where you come from is not a limiter to where you're headed. And it helps you to recognize stuff like that as you're progressing into who God wants you to be. I would say one of the, like, well, I wouldn't say the last thing, but one other big thing that God made very clear to me about that free looks good on you is when we're saying that free looks good on you, what we're really saying is that God looks good on us because truthfully, the freedom that we have is who he is. Do you recognize that outside of who the Father is, the Bible talks about where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and it's not until we find ourselves in Christ that we find ourselves to be the new creature. We find ourselves to be the free version of ourselves because apart from him, we live a life dumbing down and that's so connected to what the world thinks. And I can just remember throughout life, God redefining for me what success was. He made me understand that success had nothing to do with a certain amount of money. It had nothing to do with a certain title, but it was everything to do with obedience. Um, I don't know if you know, but I went through dental school and Dental school for me was like spiritual boot camp, and it was where God kept stripping me. I thought that my time in college, he had stripped me of all this stuff. God asked me a question, what did I want to be known for? And I think he was getting back to the core of why I was created. And I remember him asking me that in college. He, he said that to me, and I, you know, of course, gave him the cliche church answer. I was like, God, I mean, I want to be known for you. But he was really helping me to see that he didn't want me to go back down a road of superficial, but to go to war. Something that could be truly eternal and that could help change lives. I had, you know, been known to be the girl with a nice car and good grades. I had my summa cum laude only made one B in all of college. But none of that was going to help my friends if they got into something where their family had lost a, where they lost a loved one or somebody got sick. And I recognized that life was more than just the stuff that people clap about or like on social media. It was about the stuff that God cared about. And obedience is what success is. Are you willing to do the thing that the Father's asked you to do? That's even in this moment. It could be as simple, and that's something that I learned in the, even in college. It could be simple, as simple as God asking you in this moment, go hug her or go hold the hand of a friend that you're just like, God, that's going to be kind of weird. That doesn't, But that's success. If you're willing to do the thing that the Father's asked you to do, 
You don't recognize how that will be a, a principle that you'll be able to apply to all of your life. And I want you to be able to grab a hold of that and know that, that as you're walking through life with him, being able to do the thing that the Father asked you to do will be so crucial. I got into dental school and I was taking tests and doing all these really hard requirements and God would ask me to do it in a way that was different. We had a standardized test that most people studied like six months for. God let me study maybe two weeks and I'm not saying that to say that you don't give your best at something but he was redefining for me. He was asking me to trust him in a way that I had never trusted him before and I want you all to recognize even in this moment that he may ask you to do things different than other people do them. He may ask you to walk in life different than everybody else walking but it's to be an example. It's for you to show that freedom that he will only give you because you don't find freedom outside you might think you add all of these good things to you, but in the end, what God will ultimately do is continue to subtract. We often think that becoming has everything to do with adding all of this stuff to us, but what I found more and more is the reality of being revealed has everything to do with subtraction and addition. He will take and take and take so that the beauty of who the Father is and that love relationship that y'all have can be revealed so others can see it and say, hey, like, she doesn't do it the same way everybody else does. Maybe I should try it that way. Or why does she have that fire and that passion? Why does she talk like that? You know, people are able to hear faith without you always using scripture and quoting. You know, they, they see it in the way you live. The Bible talks about us being living epistles. And I want you to be that type of woman, that type of example. Not just when you get to college, but even if you're a high schooler. Be okay with being different. Be okay with being who God created you to be. That's what it's all about. Anybody brave enough to do that? Does that sound foreign to anybody? Or does, does it sound like something that you are willing to do or that you might be doing already? Show me your hands if you are already living in freedom. Yeah. Hi, my name's Lana Flag. Alana. Elon. Elon, nice to meet you. <laughs> um, I can say that it is kind of scary, you know, everybody's looking at you, judging you, like you're not different person, all these weird, this, this, and that, all these different labels. But when you're comfortable and you're free with yourself, you don't care about all that. You really don't. And I guess that that's free. And it's really nice to know that like in your heart, your mind, your soul, your spirit. That's for too. So that's what I had to learn. 
shown me um, as it was, I have two little boys and I started to watch how for a long time as they learned the process of walking, they will hold on to legs and they will hold on to tables and they will hold on to people a lot longer than they actually need to because it's become the thing that they think that they need in order to be or actually go toward freedom. It's funny sometimes how we'll believe that we actually have to hold on to and, and keep things in order to become free. But in reality, the thing that we're holding on to is actually limit us, limiting us from the freedom that we actually want. And watching that process with my youngest son was very frustrating. It was like, Josh, won't you just let go of my leg? And if you let go of this thing, then the freedom that you desire that's ahead of you will actually become. But the, as long as you hold on to me, you'll always be inhibited by the thing that you actually think you need. And I feel like in life, we go through that over and over again. We feel like we need that that accolade. We feel like we need that thing behind our last name. We feel like we need that relationship to say that we're enough, but being willing to allow God to let you let that go and allow him to be the thing that gives you the freedom is the thing that he's always inviting us into. And I really hope that that settles in your heart and in your mind. Um, it was the Apostle Paul, he talks about it in 2 Corinthians, how at one time he was this man, he was like on fire, he knew all of the church lingo, and he was like a, a Pharisee of the Pharisee, a scribe of the scribe, like he knew all of the stuff that he was supposed to know, but he started looking at all of his accomplishments, and he literally talks about how he started to count that stuff that the world esteemed as nothing in order to find that it was nothing in comparison to coming into relationship with the Father and the freedom that came as a result of living the way that God wanted him to live in. Truthfully, that's really what the challenge that I have for you is all about and recognizing that as you walk forward with God, as you continue to journey with him, being willing to lay down whatever he's asking you to lay down, trusting that he knows your life from beginning to end because the reality is, is God, when he formed you and he fashioned you, he formed you and fashioned you with the call that you would have in mind. And I know many of us will get caught up on what our purpose is. And if I told you simply that your purpose is to get to know God, you might be like, that's so simple. But the reality is, and it's actually supported by the Bible, if you get to know him and come into a relationship with the Father, all that you're supposed to do will be added. We sometimes put the cart before the horse and we want to find out what we're supposed to do. But rather than finding out who you're supposed to get connected with, and as a result, everything be added unto you. And I really want you all to just be okay with freedom being a process. It won't happen, you know, just magically. It will be a process. And I know for myself, there were times where I thought I was free from the fact that my daddy left. I thought I was free from, you know, the things that I had gone through. And I would find myself at another stage of life like, well, God, I thought I was free from that, but what is this? Anybody ever felt that way and been frustrated by the fact that you were still fighting something that you felt like you were free from? That's a reality, and I want you all to know, like I said, that freedom is available, but you have to continue to contend with the arguments and the things that will come to say that you aren't free. And it's okay. It's okay to continue to not, you will have moments where you get down, you'll have moments where you feel bound, but as long as you keep pushing, as long as you keep reaching back for God to show freedom through your life, it'll, be, it, it'll become what you want it to become. I was actually speaking to one of my mentees recently, and we were just talking about how she'll look on somebody and say, oh man, they are so free, and that's awesome, and it looks great. And she will say to herself, but I could never be that way. And it was encouraging to hear her say that because I've actually lived through that phase of life where I would look at people who I 
always wanted to cut my hair off. I don't know why. It was just always a thing. But I never believed that I could become that version. I would love it on somebody else. But, oh, that's not Jackie. Like, I can't do that. There's no way that I could live that free. But the reality is that that is something that happens as God is provoking what you're heading toward. There is a baby that will leap in you that you'll keep being drawn to certain things because he's, you're heading toward it, whether you recognize it or not. And so I was encouraging her to recognize that even if you appreciate it, the freedom that you see on somebody else, it is because you're headed toward that thing. And before you know it, you'll see it in your own life. And let that be encouragement to you, even if you feel bad right now, to know that you won't be here always, that God has a plan that, that is good for you, that you will become everything that he desires for you to become, as long as you're willing to embrace the you that he really created. Cool? All right, well, I'm going to open this up. Y'all got any questions for me, Christina? You got something? We do have even those of you who, you know, want to be bold and send up and ask those questions, or those of you who may have a private matter, and we have two big cards to pass around. Mm -hmm. So, um, we do it that way, so... Anybody got a question? You can come.
And I think that was a crucial part of what you said. It's so important for God to be fundamental to everything. He has to be the underbidding to all of it. And so you would know in times where, and this it always happens, it never fails. You can be in a hot time with God where you have come to a level of intimacy with him and you're like on the right path and you're not struggling with you know the situations and somebody just randomly shows up. You have to be strong enough in your spirit to say, this is a distraction, not being willing to go down the road waiting for a person to say, I'm going to deceive you. I put a lot of weight on women being renewed in their mind and being spiritually strong enough to say, like, just because he came or, you know how they say that everything that glimmers isn't gold, just because they expose themselves to you doesn't mean it's the door that you're supposed to take. Every door isn't a good door. And you being willing to say, he might be cute, he might be 6'3 and got it all together, but it might not be the thing that God is calling you toward. You knowing where you are in relationship with the Father and being willing to be okay if God is like, no, nah, that ain't it, even if it looked good. It's really important because most of the times that we get led astray, we chose to get led astray. They didn't lead us astray just because we wanted to be led astray. You chose that, and that's important to, to gain this responsibility because oftentimes we want to put it on them. In reality, it was a part of us that wanted to just be in a relationship, and we didn't listen to the goddess and the nudging that God was giving us. And we have to chop that up and be willing to say, God, I, ain't, I didn't listen to you on that one, but next time I leave Even with being weak, that 
revelation can be strong for me in this moment is crucial. So leaning into God's grace will help you a great deal and making sure that you are staying in your word, even if it's an auto, like an audio book where you're listening to the word because you may not right now be sitting and diving into the word as much as you wanted to or have the wise counsel to be able to build you up. Making sure you are digesting and nourishing your spirit, man, will help you stay, help keep you strong in all the different facets that you're playing in this time. Okay. Um, I guess my question would be, um, knowing that you're called okay. and that God has His hand on your life, but dealing with the world and the things of the world, how do you? I guess just. Deal with knowing like what you are called to do, but having to deal with everything else and not being looked at as like this crazy person because you want to be, you want to do what God is telling you to do, but you have these things like social media or you know just just certain things. Being a twenty-something-year-old, what do you do when you know like it's something more or what God is? Placing you in a place to be what what you do. I don't know. I say you have permission to just be that. Like to live in that truth and whatever you feel called to, irrespective of the external permission, I mean the external um, pressures, to just live and be how God has created you to be. And don't feel don't feel different. Don't feel weird. You are peculiar because that's what the Father says about you. But own that in a way that you're proud and you lift your head up. Not, dang, well, I don't go and do what they do. That's great that you don't because it means that you will get different results than everybody else gets. I always say, and people say that all the time, like, well, I don't do what everybody else does. That's great because you won't get the same results that everybody gets. But the one that will travel the road less travel will get a result that nobody else would and so I just commend you to stay the course and be willing to be unique to what God has said about you and it, and it be okay external pressures or not you being able to please the father is what's most important and what will be eternal mm -hmm. okay um, so I believe and a proper way to find a church I mean, I think word of mouth is always good. I mean, you, God has so many unique ways to be able to answer the thing that we need. Um, it could be you, you're watching TV and they show it. It could be a friend telling you about it. I say just be willing to go and try a few. I mean, there are some crucial things that are necessary that it be a Bible teaching church. That it, you know, that's probably most foundational to being able to decide what church you stay at and it being a place that's welcome and that causes something inside of you to stretch and want to be more than you are. Those are the things that I look for in church, but the how as to when and what, how he will be able to give you that place, it can be through a, a ton of measures. So I couldn't say one way. He could use any way. You could be in a grocery store and somebody come up to you. God is able to do and use whatever he wants to use, but make sure it's a place where you feel your baby leaping in and they're actually teaching the word and not what it be. Okay. Um, so I love the Bible
think that um, I, I, I dealt with that in terms of the lack of my father, and I wanted to be loved, in a, and, and I affirmed in a way that a father would. Um, what I found is, even attaching yourself to somebody human and believing that they will be able to feel that void and full is, is a falsehood and it's temporary. They will not be able to do the thing that only God is able to do. We all have a place in us that's God-sized that only He can feel. And I would challenge you to begin to cultivate your relationship with the Father more because as you taste and see that He's good, as you recognize that He will be able to actually make you feel fulfilled in a way that you no longer go looking because that's really what it is. You go looking for a love that you feel that you're deficient of. You willing to pray and ask the Father to heal that part of you because that was a trauma that's real and I don't ever want to dummy it down to make it seem like that's not a real reality. Being able to go through that grieving process and allow the Father to heal you is crucial but you have to be willing to open your heart in a way that you allow Him to come in and do that for you. <coughs> I mean, it's hard. 
to figure out if it's from him or not from him is a simple thing. The choice to be able to stand is not easy. I don't want to make it seem as if like, oh yeah, not going out or not doing the thing that everybody else is doing. It's just like you magically wake up and that's an easy thing to do. That's not easy. But you know it for sure. Like in your heart, I think even when I used to go to the club, I knew putting on a short dress and trying to be like everybody else and yeah, the dudes were going to say I was cute, but at the end of the night, what did that add to me ultimately didn't really add a lot was something that I knew to be a true. Does that make sense? And that's kind of really what I'm trying to say. Knowing if it's from him was easier for me to tell. It wasn't always easy to be able to stay.
I don't know how suffocating and how paralyzing um, that can be. And God doesn't want us to live that way. He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He desires for us to live this free whole life. And so I, um, I just want you all to be okay with being who he said. And like that being without regard for what other people are going to say. And one lady asked, how do, you, how do you let go of fear? And she said, like, what are some ways I can let go of my fears? I do believe that as it, as it pertains to fear for me specifically, it was something that I had to become vicious with. I couldn't be passive with. Like, I had to viciously fight fear. So every time God would ask me to do something, every time I was presented an opportunity and fear rose up, I had to run hard in the direction toward what he was saying. It wasn't like I could tiptoe, well, like, I'm going to do a little bit of what God wants and not go fully toward it because the fear is a real big giant and those things that fight you hardest because he... The enemy never wants you to become the version of yourself that God sees. You have to really viciously fight and fight hard against it to be able to become free of that. And to, to Keisha's point, it was a choice for me. I just decided that living bound and this same calculated logical life where everything looked put together, but I'm quiet at night because I'm suffocated by potential and everybody talking about I had potential. It was whack because I was never realizing the thing that they could see because I was too afraid that I wouldn't get it right. And the moment I got aggressive with it, the moment everything that was on the inside of me actually started being realized, and it was all because I made a choice one day that I could no longer live that way. She said, I'm scared to reach my goals after high school because I feel like I'm gonna fail. What should I do? I would say go for it because the fear of failure is always going to be present, but the fear of not going after it is another present thing for you. And you will always rather say that I try and maybe I didn't get to where I wanted to rather than say I never went for it because you'll never know where you could have been had you not gone for it. So I am a huge proponent of trying and at least go after it and being able to see what God will do with your attempt. Um, another person said, how do I let go of people? That's a huge one. I was a people pleaser in the worst way. Um, I just believe in the nature and the climate that we're in. You know, everybody is looking to get the likes on Instagram and to present themselves in a way that people will like it and to look like that they're bossing up and being all of this stuff. Um, and so you really have to decide who you want to rule your life because if you don't know it or not, when you live a life where you're people pleasing and you live your life to people, you're really giving them the right to say who you can be, what you can do, and they've taken ownership over all your thoughts and actions. That is such a horrible way to live, and I can tell you that because I've lived that way, and being willing to say, I don't want that anymore, was one of the most freeing things for me. I had to literally, it was not like a, oh, like, I'm going to take my permission back. Like, take the permission that I had given other people the right to have over me back from them, to say that I'm going to dictate my own life. Like, I'm going to do my hair the way I want it done. I'm going to look the way I want to look. I'm going to say what I feel the Father is asking me to say and live my life to Him and not to people. Um, did that make sense for anybody? Anybody else dealing with people pleasing? Yeah. <laughs> You're so honest. I love it. Um, the other question is, if you ever felt with if you ever felt with depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, how do you deal with it? Um, depression and suicidal thoughts are real, and I know it's something that's very prevalent. What I would say is all of that stuff, all of the the thoughts of not feeling like your life is worthy to be lived or the depression that comes along with that, it comes from somewhere. And so being willing to trace 
the why, to the to why you feel that way is crucial. I always say all the time, you know, like people will say, well, like, I'm, I, um, let me think. I always want to please people, or I always want to do everything right. The why behind why you feel that way, why you feel as if your life isn't worth it, will help set you free from the thing that you feel. And so I would definitely say for you, it's very, very important to get down to the root of why you feel that way, that we be able to help better diagnose and help you through it. Because just a suicidal thought alone doesn't help indicate as to why you feel that way. So find the root of the why. I think we have a few more. How do you feel, how do you free yourself from traumatic events that occurred in your past that still bother you and weigh you down and hold you back from being you and enjoying the life that God has made for you? Um, I think that being willing to forgive yourself, and this is something that I say all the time, do not marry the decisions you made when you didn't know who you are to the you that you are now. There are things that you did, there were situations that you went through that had, well, some had nothing to do with you, some things were done to you unrightfully, and being willing to recognize that the person that possibly had, that, that possibly did it to you obviously had to be hurt. One thing I say all the time is that hurt people hurt people, and so recognizing that helps you free, free yourself and forgive them. And then maybe you put yourself in a, a situation yourself and you dealt with something or you did something that you wish you could take back or you have remorse for, you have shame for. Being willing to say, yeah, that happened, but I don't define my life by what I did. I define, by my, I define my life by who he says I am. It's such a freer in terms of being willing to see your identity and your life differently as a result of the traumatic instances that come. Because life does happen and things will happen that can cripple you and you can live your life in the pit of, I was molested, or I was raped, or I was a fornicator, and label yourself that way. Or you can say, that happened, but I am free, and I am a child of God. And that's basically what I'm saying. You have to be willing to redefine your life irrespective of the things that have happened. Does that make sense? How are we on time, Christine? Are we good? <laughs> okay. Um, well, we, let's take, we'll do two more questions, and I'll let them transition. Um, one question says, I don't think I'm smart enough or good enough. Like, I want to be a travel nurse, but I don't think I'm smart enough. I don't know if I want to be, if I want to go to college, but I don't care if I'm going to make it. Um, for the person that feels that way, I would say that you are enough because God says that you're enough. And if you feel that the traveling nurse thing is something that God ordained, then you ask for the grace for him to do it. As I got ready to go into dental school, God allowed me to not score well on the standardized test that was necessary to get in. I had all the other requirements and I was able to complete all of those things, but God will oftentimes limit us in ways that we will need him because if we didn't need him, there would be no reason for a savior. And even in the case of you being enough or qualified enough, God will oftentimes sometimes leave boys in our life, maybe it be the way you learn or whatever the case may be, that you will have to search for him and allow him to fill that place for him to be able to get the glory. And that was the case in my life. I didn't score the score that I needed, but he, he made clear to me when I did get an interview 
that nobody, not the dean or associate dean or the people on the interview board, could stop me from becoming a dentist if that was what he desired for me. And he made that to be true. He got me into dental school without the requirements, without the test score, that the recruiters would come around and say, because whatever God says is final, and I want you to know that can be true. And he's already said you're enough. And with that said, you believe that about you, and you grab all of that to be your truth. And the last question we'll do is, what do you do if you don't want to be a part of a certain group at school, but if you don't stick with the, this group, you will be all alone? Um, there are times that being alone is good because it will sometimes keep you safe and be the protection that you need. And I think sometimes we don't recognize that moments of walking alone can actually help safeguard you in. It's not always the easiest thing. I'm not gonna try to make that be trivial, being, you know, a high school ager and not having friends um, to walk with you isn't an easy thing, but I would rather walk the way God wanted me to walk than to walk with a group of people and be somebody that I'm not. So that's what I would say to that. Cool. Come on, let's stand up and give Dr. Jackie Green another hand. She was so awesome. Ladies, I'm a firm believer in taking those nuggets, those things that she's poured into you, and you take it and you allow God to speak to your heart and your mind, but then you go and share those things with everyone that you come in contact with. And so I hope you ladies gain so much from this session. I felt, Father, that there were so many things that you wanted to hit on and um, so many different lives that you wanted to touch. And so what I pray is, Father, in your word, how you talk about that one man plants another waters, but you give the increase that even as these ladies stand here today, that you would you would pour your spirit on it, that you would water these seeds that were planted, that you would give life to the boldness that you place on the inside of them, that you would um, cause them to believe that it's okay to be the you, that to be the person that you created, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would anoint each one of these ladies afresh, that you would give them the courage to be able to stand up and be a light for you and not to hide, not to hide behind the mask of hurt and the mask of rejection, the mask of perfectionism, but to really own what you said about them. There is so many rich dreams. There's so much great potential and so much great destiny in this room. And Father, I just pray that you will bring that alive, that there will be something that was said today that will be lasting apart from me, Father, and you blowing on it. All these were just words, but with your breath, Father God, with your spirit, you can make this all become alive. And so I'll give that to you, God, and I give all your daughters back to you in a way that their lives will be devoted to you, that you can bring about the change that you desire. I thank you, Father, that they will live in freedom in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 ladies. Now, before you leave, there's something that we personally want to give you uh, from the conference.